Father, Lord, as you have heard all these things, that you have started to make a movement. And I thank you. I thank you that you do not let us stay the same and get comfortable. But you allow your spirit to change us and to mold us and to shape us into greater men and women, taking us from glory to greater glory. And we desire to move in your ways, Father. If this is not your will to move, then I ask that you would put the brakes on everything and that we would stay right here. I pray, Lord, that your will would be done in all these things with this study. This is your study, and we are here for you tonight, Jesus. No one else. I ask that you would speak to us tonight about your gifts. That you would speak to us about the manifestations. That you would speak to us about the offices, Lord. We need you tonight, King. Helping to minister efficiently. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We talked about Romans chapter 12 last week. Romans chapter 12. Gifts. Everybody has one. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter... Come on, come on, kids. Come on, kids. Romans chapter 12. Gifts. Everybody has one. One more time. Romans chapter 12. Gifts. Everybody has one, Kev. Romans chapter 12. Gifts. Everybody has one. 1 Corinthians 12, manifestations, they only come once in a while. 1 Corinthians 12, manifestations, they only come once in a while. Romans chapter 12, gifts. Romans chapter 12, gifts. Everybody has one. 1 Corinthians 12, manifestations, they only come once in a while. And Ephesians chapter 4, offices. <laughs> the offices of the church. That's right. Ephesians chapter 4. The offices of the church. Ephesians chapter 4. The offices of the church. Ephesians chapter 4. The offices of the church. Romans chapter 12. Gifts. Everybody has one. Ephesians chapter 4. The offices of the church. 1 Corinthians 12. Manifestations. Everybody has <laughs> Sorry, you listeners. First Corinthians 12, manifestations. They only come once in a while. In Ephesians chapter 4, the offices of the church. Now, these things are important to know, to understand the gifts of the church, the spiritual things of the church, the leadership of the church. We must know these things. We must understand these things. And it, it seems like a big confusion in the church. We don't know what's a gift and what's not. We don't know what an act of God is and what isn't. We call that a gift sometimes. And we call a, uh, the offices of the church, that's a gift. Like he's an apostle. His gift is being an apostle. All confusion is coming into the church these days, it seems like, because what we've done as a church is looked at people practicing spiritual things or practicing acts of God, these or so-called acts of God, and, and what you have is weirdness. 
What do you have as things that are kind of scary? Like, um, that isn't, are they really healed? Is he really knocking people over with his hand? You know, why is he blowing on people and they're falling over? You know, is, that, is that of the Bible, you know, or what is this, you know, prophets and, you know, apostles and teachers and pastors and what is this tongue stuff, people just babbling and talking nonsense? Is that for reals? We need to understand these things. Last week, do you remember? We talked about the gifts. Romans chapter 12. Everybody has one. One. Everybody has one. There are seven gifts. Quick overlay. Seven gifts, remember? And everybody has one. And we went over those things in depth. If you didn't, you weren't here and you didn't, you can check it out on Jesus, JustJesusStuff.com. And you can check it out. It is Romans chapter 12. It's called... The gifts. Everybody has one, okay? <laughs> and so, to find out what your spiritual gift is and what you are to be doing. Because if we do not know what our spiritual gifts are, how are we to operate in the church? How are we to operate as a body? The body of Christ is a body and it has different members. There are thumbs and feet and hands and eyes and ears. Everybody's a certain part of the body, and we all come together as what? The body of Christ. Everybody has a certain function, and that's found where? In Romans chapter 12, the gifts. Everybody has one. A thumb loves being the thumb, remember? Many of you, the gifts, let's see if I can, we can name off the gifts. We have prophecy. We have exhortation. We have teaching. We have ruling. We have giving, we have mercy, and we have ministry, serving. Seven gifts. Each one of you have one. If you know what that is, then you need to be acting out in it. What are you waiting for? If you haven't taken the opportunity last week to operate in it, then you're missing out, my friend. Do what God has called you to do. Minister. Give. Exhort. Encourage, speak truth, teach, love on somebody, step out and make a stand, cause some things to come together. Whatever your gifting is, do those things. Tonight we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians 12, the manifestations of God that only come once in a while. So go ahead and open there to 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to be reading out the ESV tonight, actually. The ESV, because it just is a little bit more easy to understand, okay? I'm going to try to mow through this very quickly. I just want you guys to understand the definition of each manifestation. Once you understand that, you'll be able to see when that is happening and when it's not happening and be able to discern those things, which is very important. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, you see there? It says, Now concerning spiritual what? Wow. That word gifts there is not there in the original text. It is not there. You can look it up for yourself in the Greek. The word gifts is not there. It has been inserted. The word there is spiritual. It is paiumakitos. Whatever that means, it means this. Relating to the human spirit or rational soul as part of the man which is to God and serves as his instrument or organ. That which possesses the nature of a soul, 
belonging to the Spirit, belonging to a divine Spirit, or of God the Holy Spirit. So what is it meaning? This word here, which spiritual, which we have added on gifts, we've added on the word gifts there. Wrong. No. Spiritual, the word means spirit within us from a man, or soul from a man, or the Holy Spirit. And so, I think it should be worded something more like now, concerning spiritual things, or concerning the Spirit, or concerning the Holy Spirit. This kind of area of speaking, it should not be gifts. So now, concerning spirit, or spirituals, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters. Do not be uninformed. Understand these things. Verse 2, You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. See, if he's speaking about gifts here, then why is all of a sudden he's speaking about the Holy Spirit and testifying about Jesus and not testifying that, he's, that Jesus is accursed? Now, therefore, in verse 4, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Where is that found? Romans chapter 12. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for common good. The manifestation of the Spirit for common good. The manifestation of the Spirit. And this is found right here in 1 Corinthians 12. It says here in verse 8, what does it say? To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. The word of wisdom. The word of wisdom that comes supernaturally. Remember we talked about the last night. Remember the illustration? I'll say it again. Those of you who weren't here, remember there's a professor standing there. He's taunting the student week after week, month after month, giving him a hard time. God's not real. Ba ba da ba. You know, hammering him in the science class. There is no God. You know, I can't believe you, Christian. You think you know. Da da da. He makes the kid feel dumb. And so one day, remember the professor pulls out an egg. He holds it in front of the whole class and he says, Hey, if your God is real, when I drop this egg, and it better not break, you pray. You pray to God in front of the whole class that this egg won't break when I drop it. And so the guy's like, Alright, I'm going to pray. And so the boy bows his head and he says, Father, I pray that when my professor drops the egg, that it shatters into a million pieces and he drops dead. The professor standing there looks around, dead silence in class, and all of a sudden he goes and puts the egg away and says, let's move on, class. See, it's a word of wisdom. It's, it's wisdom. If you haven't got it, you'll get it on the way out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what happened was, you see, if he dropped the egg and it shattered, I got it. If he drops the egg, <laughs> if, if he drops the egg and it shatters, then he's gonna he, he believes in God. You see, because he's scared that he might drop dead, and so he believes there's a God now. So, 
If you didn't get it, have somebody explain it to you on the way out. <laughs> but that is wisdom. Remember when Jesus said, let the first one without sin in his life cast the first stone to the adulterous woman. You remember that? That's wisdom. That is great wisdom. That is, boom, like right there, all of a sudden you know the exact words to say in that moment. It's in an experience. It's in a moment. The utterance of wisdom. This is a unique ability to be able to speak forth the wisdom of God, especially in an important situation. A word of wisdom that comes to you divine. Bam! All of a sudden you just know what to say. You know how to get out of the situation. Steve Wolverine one time, I remember him telling the story, he said, like some guy was chasing him down in his car. And like, he got out and the guy was just like ready to just hammer Steve or whatever. He just walks up to Steve, just boom, just smashes him in the face. And Steve's just like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And the guy's like, what? He's <laughs> like, what does that mean? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and the guy just gets in his car and takes off. You know, like, it's crazy. It's wisdom. <laughs> it says there also in verse 8, And to another, the utterance of knowledge, or the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. This is the unique ability to declare knowledge which could only be revealed supernaturally. Knowledge, all of a sudden, you know something, you don't even know how you know it, but you know it. Remember John Corson told us when I was out there in the desert with him, that he was there, there in the church, there was a problem in the church, and he had sat down with this lady, and he had knew, known that something, was, something fishy was going on somehow. He said the father just spoke to him and said, like, I don't remember what the situation is, like she's having an affair or she's doing something just directly, like boom, he had knowledge of it, he had understanding all of a sudden, and he just said it, he said, you were doing this, and she's like, she looked at him, she's like, no I'm not, no I'm not, and I can't believe you called me out for that, I'm going to go tell everybody that you did that, right, and so like two weeks go by, and then all of a sudden, whatever situation that she was in with somebody else, that other person comes out and declares, we were doing this, we messed up, but a bit of we're sorry, we repent, and John was right the whole time, the lady lied. It's just like absolutely amazing. It's a word of knowledge. It just comes instantly, miraculously. And the Father will do that for you in your life in certain situations. But guess what? They, do they come all the time? No. Manifestations come what? Once in a while. Moses, parting the Red Sea. Can he walk up to any sea and just say, Duh! You know, like, it, it. no. Once in a while, the Father says, part two times. Remember in the Jordan, I believe, and then also in the Red Sea. When they walked in, the priests walked in with their feet into the water, and all of a sudden it spread. Elijah calling down fire from heaven once in a while. He can't call down fire on anybody he wants to, whenever he wants to, no. Peter is not going to be walking on water anytime he wants to. It's when the Father says so. And we're going to talk about that right now. Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit. Faith that is given, a supernatural Ability, like a faith, where you, I mean, just believing that God, it says the gift of faith is the unique ability to trust God against all circumstances, as Peter did when he walked out of the boat onto the water. Amazing. Amazing. He trusted God. He had supernatural faith all of a sudden. Like he was, what, ma what man can believe that you can walk on water? I know you guys have done it, me too. It's like nobody's around out on the beach. You're just like, okay, I'm going to try this. You know, like, <laughs> Lord, 
hook it up one time. I just want to. <laughs> I want to try this, you know. Like, and all of a sudden you go out there and you're, like, you know, you're bummed because you didn't walk in water. But see, you can't just command God to do things. Or I have enough faith and God's going to do it because I have it. Oh, oh no. He will grant you that measure of faith. He will give you that measure of faith. He will do the manifestation, the work in you. And it only comes once in a while. It comes maybe when you least expect it. Let's move on to the next one. To another, the gifts of healing by one spirit. Gifts of healing. Did you see that? By one spirit. This is God's healing power, either given or received, and has been repeatedly documented in the New Testament and since. Clarks, on the gift of healing, just a quick thing. The power which, at particular times, the apostles received from the Holy Spirit to cure diseases, a power which was not always resident in them. For Paul could not cure Timothy, do you remember? Timothy was sick, and he told him to drink some wine to, to help his stomach. He could not cure Timothy. Nor could he remove his own thorn in the flesh, do you remember? Paul had a thorn in the flesh, and he cried out to God. What did he say? Your grace is sufficient for me. He cried out to God and God said, My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you three times. Because it was given only in an extraordinary occasion. Though perhaps more generally than uh, many others. So you see, healing. Many people on TV these days, and I'm not going to say names because that's just, I'm not going to put somebody down, but you know and you see what's happening or even in certain churches, and I don't want to put down those churches or those names either. But what I do want to do is I want to call out this healing thing, you know, or whatever, you know, like pushing people on the head and, and, and throwing my jacket on them or, you know, like, you know, like and all of a sudden they're like falling over and they're, no. I, I do believe that people may be being healed at these places, yes, but why? It's not because some man blew on them. It's not because somebody threw their coat on them. It's because they called upon the name of Jesus the real Jesus, not upon this man, and Jesus healed him. And I believe that God even works through idiots and losers and people who are not doing things the way God wants them to be done. That the Father is a gracious King and sometimes He just decides to work. But that is not the way the Bible teaches. People do not have the gift of healing, like gift in the way, like Romans chapter 12, where you can just walk up and start, if you do, then go down to the local hospital and start raising everybody up. Get in there and start laying hands or blowing or throwing your coat or whatever it takes and get on that. And let's see all these people walk out of their beds. It's not going to happen. It comes once in a while. And it's when God wants to. Not when you want to. It's when God wants to. And I do believe, it says, it says in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the God who heals all thy diseases. All of them. And guess what? I believe God does heal every single disease. And He will heal every, every single disease. Either in this life or the next. You come to Him, and you will be healed one day. You may die with cancer, but guess what? You'll be healed in the twinkling of an eye. And you'll be new. A new. A new person. There will be no disease, no, none of these things in heaven. And so I do believe that by His stripes we are healed. We are completely healed and we will be healed. That's why diseases, hey, 
if there are people who have disease or have problems and they believe in God, they have nothing to fear. And a lot of them, you see that. They have nothing to fear. All of it's like, aren't you bummed? Aren't you down? Is everything okay? No, man, I'm okay. We, we know, man. We just met a guy who, um, we had a business meeting with him. His name is Gene. And Gene was telling us about a Yankees baseball player who has cancer, or an old school Yankees Bobby. baseball player. And, um, and he's dying. But the family is at peace because the guy loves Jesus. And he's at peace, and he's just living life doing his thing. He's, I think he's slowing down. I don't know if he's in the hospital or what, but he's just going through. He's like, what? I'm going to heaven, man. I'm okay. Big whoopee, this body's going down. Who cares? Well, all of our bodies are going down one day. Not that we don't take care of them. Not that we don't try to help ourselves with disease. Like, oh, I'm just going to... No, no, no. But we don't have to worry. We have hope. And so healing comes once in a while. Like Peter, remember when Peter and John were walking? You see the man laying on, his, on the bed? Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, wise up and walk. Walking and leaping and praising God, he went away. And so it can happen with you too. But only when God decides to. Let's move on. Verse 10, to another working miracles. Literally, the, the, the word here is dynamis. It means acts of power. This describes when the Holy Spirit chooses to override the laws of nature, as a pilot might use manual controls working in or through an available person. Overriding the laws of nature. I mean, you see miracles. I've seen miracles. It's like God does stuff crazy. Like, there's been lots of times when my cars broke down. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. I'll work on it for like an hour. I remember when I had the Honda. When I had, any, everybody remember the 89 Honda? The, the black beater. Remember that, Kev? Jamesy? Remember that? It was awesome. It was a good car. We, we sold it to pick a part. <laughs> yeah, it was like 65 bucks. We got for it 100 bucks something. Anyways. I remember a time when I was over off of, uh, you know those homes over there of Central? Those little... Uh, mini Victorian homes or whatever, old school cottages, anyways. I'm there, and my car had broken down the night before, and so I'm over there, and I'm working on this thing for like two hours, like just trying to figure out like what's going on. And I didn't pray, I didn't ask the king, and then so all of a sudden I'm just like, all right. I kid you not, I like, I lean down on my hood, and I'm just like, Father, just make this thing start, you know, like I, I, I'm hopeless, like I'm, I'm at the end. I should have came to you in the beginning, and I didn't. And just make this thing work. And even, even right before I put the key in, it's like a doubt, like, Oh, watch, now it's going to start, you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's like, forgive me, King, again, you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, man, I just turned that, just like, and it, it turned over, and I'm just like, I get out of the car, I remember, I get out of the car, and I ran, and I did, you know, you know Street Fighter, you know Street Fighter? <laughs> all you again? But you guys know I did. I did it all. You can, you know, Ken and Ryu. Like I did it. I, I, anyways, it was awesome. But there's there's a lady like pushing her baby like in a shoulder. <laughs> freaked out. I remember because I was so stoked that I didn't even care because the God He answered me. It's some mechanical, make no sense. Like, does God even know what a car is? You know, it's like that's the way my mind thinks. It's like God's like in the Old Testament still. You know. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, Robert. I could, I'm serious. I was like, 
Moving on. <laughs> to another prophecy, telling forth, we're in verse 10, telling forth of God's message in a particular situation, always in accord with His word and current work. Sometimes, this has a character of foretelling the future. Prophecy, two things. Speaking forth truth. Remember, we talked about that. That is a gift that can happen at all times. Somebody can have that gift, just able to speak truth in a quick instance when it needs to be brought to the table. The gift of prophecy. Then the other half of the gift of prophecy, which only comes, the manifestation part of prophecy, which only comes once in a while, is telling the future. And there's a lot of men who try to do this, and they get worked on it, they get called false prophets for doing that. But I believe it still does happen today and can happen supernaturally through a person when God chooses to do that. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits or discernment. There, this the last part of verse 10. The ability to tell the difference between true and false doctrines and between what is of the Holy Spirit and what isn't. You know what I'm talking about? Those times when like somebody's saying something is just like, nah, that's not right. You know, like something's not, you know, you're hearing something on TV or something's going down or somebody's talking about something. It's just like, yeah, you know, trees are, you know, gods and, you know, they're to be worshipped and we're one with nature. It's like, I don't think that's right, man. Like, maybe you don't need God to, you know, show that one to you, but, but frankly, God can show you certain, certain situations, discernment. You know, all of a sudden you just know. Like, you're, you're sitting there, you know something's wrong. You know something's hurting on the inside with somebody. God just reveals it to you. It's that special time that just comes discernment. All of a sudden, in a certain situation, discerning or distinguishing between spirits can come. And the last thing here, actually, I'm, I'm sorry, there's two, thing, two more things. But to another, various kinds of tongues. Various kinds of tongues. The personal language of prayer given by God, whereby the believer can communicate with God beyond the limits of knowledge and understanding. Language is an agreement between parties. I'm just going to stop there because I was going to talk about that more in, in 1 Corinthians 14. But th- these two go together. You see the various kinds of tongues and see, you see the interpretation of tongues. This various kinds of tongues that he's talking about is this. It's not the 1 Corinthians 14 tongues where... Well, see, I need to lay a foundation of what tongues is, and we'll get into that just in a moment. But I'll just speak anyways, though you, those of you who might understand. Um, this kind of tongues is where someone would stand up from the congregation, and somebody would speak tongues. Yeah, like babble from their mouth, like nonsense. And then, but it would be from God. And this is like, a lot of people are weirded out by this kind of stuff, but this is what, this is what Paul talks about in the church of Corinth, what was happening that day. Somebody would stand up and speak, and then somebody would come up and interpret what is being said. Somebody would come up and say, okay, this is what it says. It's like, well, how do you know they're really interpreting, you know, what's being said right? How do you even know, you know, they're not in on it, you know, and one guy's like babbling a bunch of stuff, and then he's like, okay, you go up and interpret afterwards. You know, like, there's so many different aspects to it, and it's 100% faith that really is. It's like, either there's a God, and he's real, and he can act and move in these spiritual kind of ways, or, hey, it's a bunch of hocus-pocus, you know, it's like, this is weird, and I'm out of here. But I believe that God can move in this way. The Bible says so and that it can happen, and that it has happened, and that people have been changed and touched by these kind of things. Um, there's a story, I think, of a man who, uh, they stood up and gave a word of tongues in front of a group of guys, and there was a, they were in a hotel, and they had little bars, like sometimes at the, at the hotel conference rooms or whatever. He was working the bar, and this guy had gotten up and give, given a word of tongues. And afterwards, like, nobody came <coughs> up and interpreted the tongues. But after the tongues was over, uh, 
and the meeting was over, all of a sudden, you know, one of the guys was talking to the bartender. I don't think he was getting a drink. But anyways, but he was talking to the bartender, and he's, and he's talking to me. He's like, man, that guy was, you know, speaking my, my native language. That was crazy. Like, I, I, I can't believe he was, uh, he was, I understood everything that he was saying. That was some good words of God that he said. I really enjoyed that. And it was just like, what are you talking about, man? We didn't know what he was saying. It's like, no, yeah, he spoke my native language. And John was telling me about this. It happened at a conference. And it was just like, whoa. So this can happen at certain times, but more than that, in a congregation setting, somebody would stand up, speak tongues. The tongues are always towards God, always directed towards God, always. If tongues is not directed towards God, like thanking God or praising God or hailing God, the tongues, the interpretation of tongues, then it is not of God. Because prophecy is directed towards people. Tongues is not directed towards man. Always directed towards God. And that, that sums up the interpretation of tongues also the gift of the interpretation, or the manifestation of an interpretation, right? Somebody gives tongues, stands up, like right now, say, Nikki stands up and gives a word of tongues, starts babbling nonsense, yes? I have a question. Yep. The person that's speaking tongues, do they understand, or no? They don't no, no, even the person speaking does not even understand what they're saying. They just know that they need to bring a word of tongues to the table. They know that God has impressed it on their, on their heart. And But it does say in 1 Corinthians 14 that the person speaking the tongues can pray for the interpretation and that it may come. I don't know. See, all these things kind of seem weird. Sam? So, um, can't the person speaking in text also be an interpreter? Yes. They can be. Yes, they can be. And it says that in 1 Corinthians 14. So, I would like to talk about tongues just briefly here and, and just read a couple things. What time are we looking at, Dakota? 38. Would it be alright if I speak about seven to eight more minutes on this. Would that be alright, guys? Just so I can sum this up, because I really want to, you to understand this. We went over the offices, remember? Ephesians 4, the apostle, one who is, uh, is, is, is over a bunch of churches like Paul was. I believe there are apostles still active today. Um, maybe not in the way of writing scripture, uh, being able to write down scripture, but definitely delegating in churches. Like, I believe Chuck Smith is one. He probably wouldn't say that he is one, but um, I believe he is. Because Chuck Smith could go into any Calvary Chapel on the face of the earth and do what? There's like a th over a thousand Calvary Chapels on the face of the earth. He could walk into any one or he could write them a letter in the same way Paul did and they would listen and they would take heed. And all of a sudden things would be changed and the church would be fixed and we need this to happen in the churches today because there are so many problems in our churches that need to be dealt with. And Paul, what did he do? He wrote letters to the churches. Hey, stop that. You know, hey... Right what we're, writing, what we're reading about today, 1 Corinthians 12. This is a letter to the Corinthians because they weren't doing the spiritual gifts correctly. And so he is correcting them and exhorting them on this. We need these things also. Apostles. One who can come in and pretty much delegate churches or delegate periods. And I believe there are other um, denominations and, and people who have this authority in the same way. But it's, it's one who's, maybe when he walks into the room, everybody's just like quiet. It's like, like if Chuck Smith walked in here right now, we'd just be like, Chuck Smith, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like that's Paul the Apostle, you know, like, you know, whoa, you know, there he is, he's just coming through. But anyways, um, prophets, prophets are people who speak to the nations, I believe there's still prophets today, people who will stand up and speak to thousands, speak to many, speak truth, um, and they're still active and still happening today. Um, evangelists, you know, right at home, Greg Glory, um, who's an evangelist who leads people to Christ and shares the gospel with people. Um, pastors, pastors are ones who care for the sheep. Pastors are not always teachers, and teachers are not always pastors. 
That's a bummer that that has been pushed on. What, what, when, when we hear the word pastor, what do we think? The head guy of a church, don't we? Wrong. That is not what a pastor is. A pastor is one who cares for the sheep. The word pastor in the Greek is translated shepherd. Shepherd. One who takes care of the sheep. That's what he does. He is taking care of the sheep. That's all he does. He does not have to be a teacher. He does not have to be able to teach the Bible. I think he should teach the Bible. But a lot of times you have pastors who just care for people. You know, They're not really sharp up here. They can't really do much, but they just love on the people. And they're pastors over people. They just care for the flock. Teachers are not always pastors, and that's pushed upon teachers a lot. The best thing they know how to do is really teach, but but they maybe don't have a heart as big as Texas, you know, and it's kind of like they have a hard time caring for people, like, why don't you just get your act together, and I'm fed up with you, you know, whatever. The teachers are not always pastors, and it needs to be not pushed on. Um, we need to get that straight. These are the offices. That's Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 is what? The offices of the church. The church of what? Of God. Not of Harvest Christian Fellowship, or not of Magnolia Avenue Baptist, or not of Sandals. It's the Church of God. We need to get back to that. Unity. I love it. Okay. So, what I'm actually now going to spend five minutes on, I hope, to try to clarify tongues. Tongues, which is a huge issue today. What is this babbling going on in the church? Well, I hope you understand it, okay? I'm going to read a couple... Um, things that I copied uh, from commentary, of oh, John's commentary, which I just, of course, love and I quote them a lot, but things to kind of clarify, it really made sense. I read Warren Wiersbe's, and I read Chuck's, and I read, um, who's the other guy I read? There's two other guys that I read. I was trying to find the easiest, like, quick application, and I thought this did the best job. I just highlighted a couple things. In 1 Corinthians 14, You see in verse, uh, in verse 3 of 14, you can just write this down, or you can just listen. You can just listen. We're going to close this up and be done. But um, this prophecy is to speak, I mean, is to edify, is to exhort, or to comfort people. This is prophecy here. Prophecy is, remember, for what? The people. I want you guys to say this with me. Prophecy is for what? The people. Prophecy is for, let's say, the church. Prophecy is for the church. Let's say prophecy is for the body. Prophecy is for the, the body. body. Okay? Tongues is for God. Tongues is for who? God. God. Tongues is for the king. Okay? Always, always to the king. Always to God. Prophecy, speaking to always for the church. Always for the church. Tongues, always for God. Always to God. Prophecy to edify. That's why Paul says, I wish that all of you prophesied. I wish that you prophesied more than anything, for this is the greatest of the gifts. Why? Because it edifies the body. Because it's for the church, you see? Tongues is just for yourself and for God. It's more for God. But God would even say, I want you guys to be blessed. I want the church to be edified. I want them to be built up. So, I'm going to go down. I wanted you to see the difference between prophecy and tongues, okay? Now, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Edifies himself. And listen to these words. Our faith is built up when we study the Word. Faith is built up through seasons of prayer. Faith is built up through worship and adoration. In Jude 20, and here in 1 Corinthians, we are told faith is built up by praying in tongues. You ever feel, feel torn down? You ever feel worn out or caving in? Here's a weapon in the arsenal. 
a tool in the toolbox to pull out at such times. Pray in the Spirit. Utilize your prayer language and watch your faith grow. When you feel down, if you fear, your, your spirit is weary, tongues is a great thing to put into action, to put into, put into action in your own life. Josh, I don't know what this is. I don't know. We're going to get to that. But I just want to lay a foundation for why it's good for you and why it can be good. Tongues, it edifies the spirit and it builds your faith. We're going to talk about that. Let's move on. I want to get to 1 Corinthians 5. I'm just going to say a bunch of things and then I'm going to start explaining, okay? I, I would that you all spake with tongues. Paul says, I would that you all spake with tongues. Or, I want you all to speak with tongues. I wish that you all would speak with tongues. Anybody have the ESV version on that? First Corinthians 14, verse 5. ESV version on that. Now I want you all to speak in tongues. Now listen to this. All our apostles, all our prophets, do all speak in tongues with a question mark? Asked Paul. This is in 1 Corinthians 12. Listen. The implied answer is no. Why then would he say here, I want you all to speak in tongues? Is the question. In chapter 12, Paul is talking about the public expression of tongues. Remember I talked about that. Public expression. Nikki stands up, speaks, I give an interpretation. Remember? Public expression. This is now what? Individual expression. You and God. Not in front. Here in chapter 14, he's talking about a private, devotional use of tongues which is available to everyone. Jesus said, one of the signs of those who believe is that they would speak with new tongues. Do you remember that? It's found in Mark. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 17, it says that one of the signs that they would believe is that they would speak in tongues. But listen to this. He didn't say tongues were a sign of those who are Pentecostal or even those who are baptized in the Spirit, but simply those who believe. Now, what you see a lot of times happening is with churches, some people are saying, uh, in order for you to come to salvation or in order for you to believe in God, you have to speak in tongues. Au contraire, that's not true. That is not true. Jesus is saying this is a sign that would come after one believes, not in order to believe you have to start speaking in tongues. Oh no. Better be very careful with that. Two more things that I want to point out. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. This is 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Although when I pray in the spirit, I don't understand what I'm praying, my spirit... The deepest part of me, the core of my being, is built up miraculously and beautifully. When I pray in the Spirit, I don't know what I'm praying. Paul's saying, he's like, I don't understand this. It doesn't make sense. Because I'm just mumbling with my mouth. But he says, my spirit is being edified. My faith is being built up. I am being encouraged. And God is being blessed. And verse 15, 1 Corinthians 14, 15. I'm read this last thing here. No, did I miss out? I didn't print out the other part of that. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Listen. I will, says Paul, this is where my many people have a terrible time with their prayer language or tongues. They say, if this is for me, and if it will edify my spirit, I'm open to speak in tongues. They might ask for the laying on of hands. They might be 
in a position where they are sincerely waiting on the Lord, but nothing happens. I just want to express my love to the Lord in this unique way, but nothing is happening, they say, in frustration. As though they believe that somehow they are going to go into a trance, their eyes will become glazed, and they will quiver and shake with their tongue and begin moving against their will. This is what a lot of people think with speaking in tongues happens. Like, all of a sudden it's like, pray for me that I'm going to get tongues, or I'm going to speak in tongues, and all of a sudden, like, whoa, you know, all of a sudden you're like this crazy man or something, and you fall on the ground and start shaking and all this stuff starts happening. Au contraire. I wish I had the rest of this, this, this paper here, um, and the, other, the other half of this, but I'm just going to try to say it to you. In this scripture, in verse 15, is great understanding. It says, what is this then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with understanding also. Paul is saying, it's not that I'm going to come and try to get into this mode where I start like feeling something, and then all of a sudden I'm going to start. No, no, no. He says, I will sing with understanding, and I will sing with the Spirit. I will pray with understanding, praying, and then I will pray with the Spirit. I will do it. I will make the act, the, the move to do it. And that's all it takes. And it's that simple and it's that easy. So to sum this up, what is tongues? Two different things. Remember the first one I shared with you? Somebody stands up in front of the congregation, gives a word of tongues, so that everybody, so that somebody can come up and interpret, and so that everybody can say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Wow, that, that tongues was to praise God. And we can say, yay and amen. Like, wow, those are the words that I wanted my heart to say. Amen. It builds up the body, and we praise God in that way. Number two, personally, privately, in your own time, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, praying in the Spirit, speaking to God. And how does that work practically? What's the real thing? I'll tell you the truth. This is what happened when I first spoke in tongues. I was out in the desert. John had just given a message on speaking in tongues, and I'm just like, this is weird, and this is out there, and I'm not down. You know, like, I just can't do this. I was raised in a Pentecostal church, so I can speak about it. It's just weird, man. I just, like, I didn't get it. Like, they're just babbling nonsense. This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why are you doing that? There's no logic behind that whatsoever. You, you, what you're doing is just moving your mouth and making weird words. Okay? And that's not cool. That's not God. That's what you just you know, said. So, John, help me understand this, and, 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 the Father helped me to understand this, I should say, more than anything. He really spoke to my heart in this. <coughs> because there are many times in my prayer time when I'm walking with the King, I love to take walks with the Lord by myself. And I don't know what to say anymore. I'm done talking. But I really want to praise God, or I want to sing to Him, or I want, or I want to, I just want to minister to Him about something, or whatever. And so, this is one way, that I would speak in tongues that I would speak and let my spirit just edify God and speak to God and let my faith be built. And the same point, if there is something going on in my life and I don't know how to pray for it, I just pray in the spirit. I just say, I'm just going to let the spirit pray through me. I don't know what to pray, but I, did, I believe that this is going to, you know, to speak to God and this is going to work. And the Father would hear me through this babble. And, and so this is what happened. I was like walking out there. I, I was on my walk out in Mexico and this dirt road, it just like, logic kept coming back into my mind and all these things, like reason, like, okay, I'm just going to start opening my mouth and babbling, and what's going to happen, you know, like, is this even going to work, you know, is this even real, you know, like, why am I even thinking about doing this, this is out there, and I'm just like, oh, whatever, you know, I'm just going to, you know, whatever. 
And so I just start, I start mumbling utterances, you know, I don't even know how to tell you what it is. I just, I just made the conscious decision, like, okay, I'm going to pray in the Spirit, whatever that means. I'm just going to start mumbling to God and, and speaking to God. However my Spirit speaks, whatever comes out of my mouth, I'm just going to let it happen. And so I just started mumbling stuff. And thoughts started coming to my mind, like, dude, you're just babbling nonsense, you know, like, nothing's happening. And then I was like, no. No, I really believe that I'm speaking to God right now. And all of a sudden, my face started to get boosted, like, even in that moment. Like, man, either I am a loony out here, like, babbling to the sky, or God is really hearing this prayer, and my spirit is really being boosted and really being edified right now in this moment. I said, you know what, I'm going to speak in tongues, and I'm going to sing in tongues. And I'll, I'll make up melodies and make up all kinds of stuff in this nonsense babble gibberish. And man, I am so blessed. Because I can just feel like my inside. Sometimes when you don't know what to pray, or you don't know, and, and even it says there in Romans, like you just groan. You just moan to the Lord, like, I don't know what to pray, you know, but you can just, whatever's coming out, it's like my, I'm, this is the illustration, it's almost like a picture, it's like my, my spirit is like just, just coming out to God and just like speaking to Him, you know, it's almost like that, that other side of me or something. Whatever's inside here is ministering unto God, not here anymore, it's all here. And I, and I believe that tongues is like the gateway drug to faith. It's like the first step into spiritual things, and this is why. Because it's 100% faith. Again, either you're just babbling with your mouth, and uh, nothing's happening, or you are believing right now that you're speaking to God through this nonsense, through this babble, and that God is really hearing you, and your spirit's being edified, and that God is being... That takes 100% solid faith. Do you understand that? Even as I tell that to you, I think to myself, this doesn't make any sense. This is not logical. How can I tell these people to babble to the sky and that God is hearing them and their spirit is ministering unto God and thanking God and doing these things? It doesn't make any sense. And it's just like praying, laying hands on somebody and praying for them and they're healed. That makes no sense here, you see. It's all spiritual. Walking on water defies all the laws. And so too, I believe this is just like the, the first step in to spiritual things. And so... I really want you guys to understand. I'm so sorry that I've gone long and that I've exhausted you, but I just feel like it's absolutely necessary. And so I would encourage you. Does anybody have the what, what is what is the last couple of verses in in 1 Corinthians 14? I'm going to read it. I'm going to close with this. says this in verse 39. Listen, it's important. Stay, please, just one last thing here. Verse 39, it says, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. That means, remember, that's to the church always, always to the church. He says this also, And do not forbid to speak with tongues. Do not forbid it. Do not forbid it. And let all things be done decently and in order. Do not forbid the speaking of tongues. Do not stop it from happening. And so I would encourage you in your quiet time, in your room, on your walk, wherever you're at, I dare you. And you're like, snap, I'm just babbling nonsense or whatever. I don't even know if it's working. I don't even know if it's real. And challenge yourself. Like, is this, am I really believing? You know, like, in, in the, that this is real, or is 
Is my mind overtaking me? Paul even says that, like it doesn't make sense. I don't even understand what I'm saying, but I just trust that my spirit is speaking to God. And so too with you. Desire to have the manifestations of God in your life. The only way you're going to do that is by walking with God daily and keeping your ears open for when He says, Hey, Vincent, go part the Red Sea. Or Derek, go and walk on water. Or Casey, go and touch that man and heal him. You never know. You never know when God's going to speak to you, so keep your ears open. Walk with Him daily. Be close to Him. Get closer to Him by praying in tongues. I've never heard anyone give a message on this, except when I was in the desert. I've never, in my entire Christian life. And I'm so sorry that I haven't brought it to you earlier. And I hope I did an okay job, and I hope you guys understand. Are there any questions on this? Because I really want just quick questions, anything. If there's anything going through your mind, like, I'm not 100% sure about this or how that would work, or it's not working practically in my own mind. Mike, anything? I don't know, just, uh, for me, I fear just not doing it correctly, you know? It's just my own, my own heart, but at the same time, I, I feel burning in my heart to do it. Hey, man, I, I don't think that you can mess up, Mike, you know? Like, I don't think there's, you know, my buddy Christian, I remember telling me, he says, dude, my tongue sound like some Asian language, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, you know, like, like, I don't even know what mine sound like, you know, it's just some gibberish, you know, um, and I don't think you can mess up, you know, as long as you have a ready heart saying, God, I'm, I want to minister to you, I want my spirit to be built up in this time, that's why I'm going to do this, and, or I don't know what to pray, so I'm just going to, I'm going to speak, you know, and just let my spirit speak, so, anything else? Amen. Anybody else? Quick questions? Kev? You okay? Andrew, yeah. We possibly don't have it. Have it you know, you know, I, 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 I want, that's great that you brought that up because I didn't mention that, you know? I think that, I don't want to say that everybody has the ability to have it, but I do want to say that I think that people who don't have it or it doesn't ever happen, um, is, yeah, that, that's, I think that's the one who does not have it. I don't know how to discern who has it and who does not have it. I guess if you pray in tongues, you do, and if you don't, then you don't. If you make the step out to do it, because Paul says, I, I, I want you all to, or I would that you would all speak in tongues. And Jesus said, a sign after you believe is that you would, which is interesting. But I don't think that you need to be putting yourself down or bummed out if you do not. Absolutely not. And if you're not ready to take that step, like if you feel pressure tonight, like, oh snap, better go start speaking in tongues and this and that. No, 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 You missed it. If you, if you want, amen. And let it be something that you do. But if it's not, if you, if you don't, then it's not. That, that's just not, that's not your thing, okay? Um, and I don't want that pressure to be on anyone, or any, anyone in this place, because I know it can be. Does that clear up a little bit? Amen. Anything else? Christina? No? I mean, like, the people that stand up, like, in church or whatever, yeah. they, are they, like, compelled and, like, overwhelmed and they can, like, not do that? Or is it a conscious decision to stand up and pray? I think it is more of a, I think it's it's a conscious, it's to be done in order, you know? Like the Bible says, all things to be done orderly and, and, I mean, decently and in order. So I think it's like, 
It's almost like when there's a burning in you, maybe to go and say something to somebody. You know that? You know that feeling? Like, it's like, I really got to tell them, you know, like, man, I can't hold this back anymore. Or maybe when God has spoken to you to do a certain thing or to step out somewhere, maybe to share with somebody the gospel or maybe to... <coughs> you, I think all of us can testify and know, even when something's wrong, we shouldn't be doing it. It's like, you know, like, you know, like, all of a sudden, the Father is speaking to you. And I think you have to have understanding of tongues before you can even do something like that. I don't think, like, all of a sudden, like, some random guy who's never heard tongues is all of a sudden, like, I have this very weird thing in me, and I just, uh, you know, like, just start going. Like, I don't think it's some way. I think it's more somebody understands what's going on. Wow, I, I think God is speaking to me right now. And is speaking to me. Yeah, I, wow, I, I think I really feel that, you know, inside. I really feel, for some reason, I think you'll know when you know. And um, if it doesn't happen, then praise the Lord. But if it does, then exactly. I, I don't think somebody's just overwhelmed up there. I think it's a conscious decision, like, I feel like God's speaking to me right now. I'm going to go up there and take out a step in faith and just, you know, hopefully somebody will interpret. I'm, I'm stepping out in faith in God. James. Yeah, there's, there's two differences there. Manifestation of tongues is which one? Is the congregational one. Is That's the 1 Corinthians 12 one. The 1 Corinthians 14, I don't know where it fits. I don't want to say it fits in Romans chapter 12 because Paul, for some reason, says, you know, I would that you all speak in tongues or I think that you all should speak in tongues. Paul's saying that and then in 1 Corinthians 12, it, okay, there's two different things. There. So 1 Corinthians 12 is the standing up in front of a congregation and testifying. That only comes, what, once in a while, right? But this speaking of tongues, I don't even know, I don't know if I want to call it a gift, Andrew, you know, because I think it's more of an act of the Spirit. Like, you pray with your own mouth, right? You pray, and you pray with understanding. You pray for, we just prayed for Tree today as she is, needs healing. We pray for that with understanding. Now we pray in the Spirit Consciously, in the same way, we make the decision to pray. It's the same act, it, you know, by yourself. But this in front of public and these kind of things, I think it's more of a First Corinthians 12 thing. So I don't know where to position this exactly. This tongues individually, this private tongues. But the First Corinthians 12, or the one you're speaking about, the manifestation coming, that is the First Corinthians 12 thing. Yes, Josh. Um, maybe, maybe it's uh, this this kind of personal tongues is um, like your sub- like a subconscious prayer almost that's that's going on between your spirit and God. Um, whereas the First Corinthians 12 tongues would be something that's going on between you, God, and the entire congregation of the church. Amen, I agree, which only comes once in a while. You know, yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's more of between you and God. And um, I, remember, I remember hearing in the desert, like, say we were praying corporately, I remember hearing John, like, whisper in tongues, like he was, you know, babbling, like, and just speaking in tongues, like his spirit, like he didn't know what to pray, or he was just praying, and I, I could just, just really, you know, quiet, but he wasn't speaking in front of us, like, it was because I was right next to him, but you were not to just stand up and start speaking, or even in a worship congregation, start standing up and speaking in tongues loudly in front of all these, that's, that's disaster, and that's not order, but in your own quiet, private time, yes, amen, and I, and I agree with that, yes. 
type thing between you and God more than it is the church unless there's an interpreter there. Yes. So that's why it's manifested um, rarely in front of the churches because it feels more to edify yourself rather than the whole congregation. Great point, Sam. That's amazing. That's awesome insight. You know that that the First Corinthians 12 only comes once in a while because it's involving the church, but um, it, it being by yourself is for edification for yourself, which God wants all the time. Edification for your spirit and the faith. You ministering to God and talking to God, what He wants you to be doing daily. But when it's a, it, not all the time are you going to be able to speak in front of a congregation, or, or it only comes once in a while. So these are great points. Um, one more thing that just came to me, and it's not long, it's just tongues. Remember, it says only only two can happen, two or three at a time, and then there must be an interpreter. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, have, this is order. Like, if if Brian stood up and gave tongues, and then Nikki stood up and gave tongues, if there's not interpretations, then the whole thing stops. There must be order. People can't just start standing up, speaking tongues, all stuff in front of the congregation. Must be done in order. There must be an interpretation after everyone, or we have to stop, and we can't let it go on. Sam.
probably more of a, just a forceful act, like, I don't want to call her out in that way to make you put down, but maybe, like, sometimes we do, you know, sometimes we, we even when we pray in corporate, we try to be sweet with our words and drop a couple, you know, you know, Father is awesome, or what, you know, just try to make everybody say yay and amen, which is incorrect, you know, and, like, we need to be praying from the heart and uh, not being fancy with our words or fancy with our tongues, you know, so that people, you know, that we're holy people or something. Amen? Is there anything else? Just real, anything else? I know I keep real quick. Brian? Um, the First Corinthians 14 tongues is, I believe it's more of an expression. It's, it's a personal time with you and the Lord. It's like, if one of us got mad, let's say if I got mad, how else do I express, you know, getting mad? I yell or I go outside like, ah, you know, I, I go nuts, you know. In the same sense, tongues is the same way, you know. It's an expression you feel from the Lord. You're just like, you have no words to comprehend what you want to bless the Lord with. So you just do something. It just comes out, you know. It's one of those things. It's an expression you have no words to, you know, put it together to give to the Father. But just a little, ah, you know, whatever, you know. That's what I feel about um, that, you know. I think it's a conscious decision, like, okay, I'm going to pray in tongues now, you know, or, or, you know, I really don't know what to say, so I don't think it's even talking that or speaking that to yourself, but it's just, you know, you are making a decision yourself to do that. Um, and maybe sometimes it just comes, you know, like when you're praying by yourself or whatever, and you just go into tongues, so. Amen. You guys, I feel like... Paul teaching through the night, remembering the kid falls out the window and breaks his neck. <laughs> then Paul says, bring him up here. And Paul lays hands on him, and, and the guy is healed right there on the spot. And then Paul keeps teaching. <laughs> he doesn't stop. He teaches all the way through the night. And you guys have been faithful to listen, and I thank you for that. And um, let's, let's just pray and ask the king to really minister these things into our heart and clear up all the things that I've messed up and said wrong and um, let's do that <coughs> Father I just want to come to you King and, and just say thank you Lord that you've been here in this room with us and that you've been listening to everything and that you've been ministering to each heart individually and I pray, God, that you would take my words and reshape them in the minds of the people and in mine too. And that you would clear up all of this and that we'd be able to see clearly the gifts that you've given to us and clearly the manifestations that you choose to do through each one of us. And clearly the offices of the church and clearly what this tongues is, Father. Please do a work in your people tonight. Please help them to walk away with exactly what you want them to have in their minds. Let each one, Lord, act out in these gifts and these manifestations and these tongues, Lord, if, if it so be your will. Thank you for being here with us, Lord. We have not forgotten what you've done. We have not forgotten that you were crucified for each one of us, that you laid your life down, your body was broken, and your blood was shed so that we could get into heaven for free. We do not deserve that. We deserve to be locked up in prison for all of the bad things we've done in our lives. But you have set us free at no cost. And we say thank you. You took all the costs on your body. We had to pay for nothing. 
And so we give you our lives. We lay ourselves down to you tonight. And we give you ourselves. If there's anything you need, Lord, in each one of our lives, you let us know. We're here to bless you and serve you and live for you, God. Truly, King, do you hear these prayers? We're here to live for you. Take our lives and make them yours. Thank you for what you've done tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I love you guys. And uh, if you have any other questions about it, I'm totally open to talking. Or even if, if you have a question throughout the week, um, I would encourage you to read through 1 Corinthians 14. You know, and, and just really start to understand a little more. Or, or look up some of these things if you'd like. Or 1 Corinthians 12. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go through one more time. Romans chapter 12. Gifts. Vincent, my man. Everybody has one. 1 Corinthians 12. Manifestations. They only come once in a while. Ephesians chapter 4. The offices of the church. Tongues. Amen. Amen. Okay, I love you guys. Blessings.